Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. Ultimately, everyone that has horses just needs to get back to the child view of it, where they're just fun. Like, it's fun to be with them because they're wild. Like, they're the most wild we can get. and they're free and I don't know it's just it's rewarding to be with them but we take the fun out of it as we grow older and get more into it yeah I agree I guess like along the same lines of this question do you think it's possible for only positive reinforcement to work for every horse like do you think there are some horses out there who might need maybe a mixture of positive and negative reinforcement or more negative reinforcement or do you think that only or as close to only positive reinforcement as possible could work for every horse? I feel like it could work for every horse as long as you're working at their pace and with reinforcement they enjoy. I think a lot of people get stuck on thinking their horse doesn't like the training because maybe they're not reinforcing enough or not using the right treats or they're not breaking down the behaviors enough and it's causing frustration. So I feel like if you're doing it right, your horse will enjoy it and do well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think as long as, like you said, you're going according to what the horse wants or needs, I think it will work. I do think, though, it might not work for every human, which is kind of a problem because I think a lot of humans have certain goals that they may be just positive reinforcement might not work for that. Like I think certain people might like a lesson instructor might have 10 horses that all need to do lessons with children and that person doesn't feel like they have the time to you know train all of those horses with positive reinforcement and it might be in their opinion quicker and easier to just use negative reinforcement and just throw the kids on the horses so I think that's like a problem with the human not saying that it wouldn't work for the horse and I think people sometimes kind of equate that with it being a problem for the horse if the human just it's not meeting the human's purposes or um they're not approaching it in the correct way I think unfortunately it might be a problem with the human but (laughs) the horse itself if taught properly would would learn well I think it's important for people to know too that just like negative reinforcement it takes time for you to build the skills you need to teach your horse things and also that mindset shift can take a really long time and it's so hard to break habits So if you're coming from a traditional background, moving into positive reinforcement or even just incorporating more positive reinforcement, it can be kind of hard to let go and just accept what the horse is feeling and actually respect what they're saying to you or trying to communicate to you. Yeah, that's so true. It can be really hard for people to go through that type of mindset change and for the horse too. I mean, if they're used to not offering behaviors and only doing exactly what is being commanded of them. And then they're suddenly put in a situation where you're kind of trying to free shape or like just get them to offer behaviors. That's going to be a bit of a tough situation for the horse if they've been taught to kind of be shut down towards that. But that's, again, not not necessarily a problem with like a horse. It kind of stems from a problem with the human of not having trained them properly in the first place. But unfortunately, that can kind of reflect on the horse sometimes, too. I wish that there were more riding places and lesson barns as a whole that started with positive reinforcement, because if that was our base of knowledge, everyone would be incredible trainers and we'd have a lot more happy horses. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would have loved to do that. We'd have happier people. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think like for me, positive reinforcement has affected like so many areas of my life. Like I think I've become a more positive person about like 
humans around me and like myself because instead of constantly like looking for the negatives to like you know apply pressure or punish or whatever I'm thinking like oh this was good like that's a really positive thing I guess just kind of like a mindset shift in one area of my life that's really important to me which is horses kind of can trigger like a mindset shift in other areas too and I think that's partially what a lot of people like about positive reinforcement is that it does kind of become like a, a shift in yourself too. Definitely a lot more enjoyable when you're not just looking for the negative things and trying to fix them. Yeah, definitely. And I guess kind of going a little bit back to that question, I kind of thought of something else too, like how we had talked about earlier, you kind of have to have the right environment set up too and have the horse's basic needs met before you can expect like a really successful training session in either negative or positive reinforcement. So I think if it's not, you know, working well, there may be also an environmental factor that needs to be fixed. And again, not a problem with the learning theory itself, just a problem with the environment set up. And I think um, for me, working with horses that are stall a lot of the day, um, I can't train them on grass, which is kind of hard for me because most of the open areas that I have to work with them are grass. And I mean, even if they were on grass all day, I'm sure as their natural behaviors to eat grass, they would still want to eat grass. But it's especially hard when they only have a few hours out there per day. And so they're kind of frantically grazing and um, not really paying any attention to me at all. So (laughs) I think I could have more successful sessions out there if they were able to be out more and be in the pasture more. But unfortunately, that's not possible right now. So we kind of have to work with like the environmental situations that we have. But I do think that is also a big factor. Yeah, I think so too. And obviously 24-7 pasture should be the goal, but that's not easily accessible for every single person and every single horse. It's really just you should work with what you have and try to set the horse up for success no matter what you're training. Yeah, exactly. And my horses do have like little paddocks at least behind their stalls. So they, they do move some throughout the day and they're able to get outside and you know, they could get into a trot out there. They have enough space for that if they want it. I don't think they have enough space for a canter, but they they can move a little bit if they choose to. So there's at least that. They're not really completely locked in a stall. So that does help them, I think, have a little bit more focus because they have gotten some movement throughout the day. So, you know, even things like that, even though maybe like my ideal would be 24-7 turnout, there's things you can do like giving them a paddock and stuff like that, that kind of move you a little bit in the right direction. Right. Or even just offering more hay throughout the day or soaked hay pellets. Like there's so many things you can do to better your situation if you're not in the best you can find or that you can afford or whatever the case may be. But also just training in a place where you can train. I think it's Alexandra Curlin that says it, but she says uh, train where you can, not where you cannot. So if your horse is in a stall, don't take them out to the pasture to train. You're going to be better off in the stall or a sandy arena or in the barn aisle. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be able to focus where there's grass if they're lacking turnout. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's definitely what I have learned firsthand. (laughs) (laughs) But I just wish that I had more space. Like I wish I had a sandy arena or a, a sandy round pen or something. But you know, it is what it is. I have a really great space and the the space where the horses live is really beautiful and it's it's very quiet and secluded. And I really like that because I like to just kind of do my thing and not have people around watching me. So yeah, <laughs> overall, there's a nice. lot of positives to it, but yeah, yes, gotta look for the positives since I just <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> 
I think people underestimate how much things you can train in a stall too. Like there's endless things you can train in just a 12 by 12 stall with your horse using positive reinforcement. That's really true. I mean, basically everything that I've trained so far, which is still mostly only foundation type stuff, just because I have been going slowly and trying to make sure that I, you know, get everything done as well as I can. And I'm training three horses only a couple of days a week. So like that takes up time, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I've, I've worked on pretty much everything that I've taught with them in the stalls or in the little paddocks behind the stalls. And like, it's, it's gone pretty well, but I do wish that I could get them to do more movement-based behaviors that would need more space because they they are a little chunky and I would like them (laughs) to lose a little bit of weight. So (laughs) that would be nice if they could. Um, I do want to maybe when it's a little cooler, start taking them for walks on the road. Um, It's like a very untraveled like dirt gravel road and like people do drive down it, but there would just be like one or two people, you know, it's not like a busy road. So I think it would be cool to be able to walk them there. But I also, you know, would have to use a halter and lead rope because they would be on the road. And so that would be bringing in a little bit of negative reinforcement as well, even though I would bring a target and treats and stuff and, and um, try to do it with positive reinforcement. Like, I don't know, I think it's sometimes it's difficult to like get what the horse needs in terms of exercise without having to bring in something that maybe is not ideal. Yeah, but I think it's different too to use something that could be negative reinforcement as more of a management technique versus training because your horses already know how to walk with you. They can lead well and they know how to follow a target. So really the halter is just kind of there for safety. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they may dive to eat grass and then we may (laughs) not walk very far, but (laughs) it's worth a shot to see. I took my horses on their first walk out of their pasture today, but, or yesterday, but we just went in the backyard. I didn't feel confident enough to go on the road yet. Oh yeah, that's very fair. Well, it sounds like your road might be slightly busier too, since you had like a hay truck, like (laughs) a hay bale fall on your fence. (laughs) Yeah. And there's lots of ATVs and I don't know how they would react to that. So it's a, it's a process. That makes sense. Well, you're, you're getting there. You're starting with the less scary place and that's the right way to do it. So you're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. The only question I got was asking to explain the difference between the two negative reinforcement, natural horsemanship and positive reinforcement. But I feel like we kind of did that in a really extended way. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we did. I guess we could give like a short a short answer to the question that like our entire episode focused on um <laughs> I guess like I feel like negative reinforcement and natural horsemanship are pretty much the same thing but natural horsemanship takes it to a more like marketed level where they're kind of trying to package up negative reinforcement in a way that makes it look like you are speaking the horse's body language and developing a special bond and stuff like that and kind of pinning it behind certain high profile trainers and using them as like the figureheads of it. I feel like that's kind of what natural horsemanship is overall. And maybe that's a slightly negative view of it. And I feel bad because I do know people like on Instagram that are like natural horsemanship trainers and they're like really great trainers and really good people. So I'm not trying to like criticize it, but I do think like the words natural horsemanship like do kind of have a connotation with those people like Clinton Anderson and Pat Pirelli and Monty Roberts's joint up method and stuff like that, where those branded um, unscientific ideas are um and the negative reinforcement is just you know applying an aversive pressure and then releasing the pressure in order to reinforce the horse's behavior like in a simple term yeah Yeah. I don't know you want to 
take positive reinforcement? <laughs> well, from what I've seen with natural horsemanship, the a lot of the ideas are really similar. Like you're trying to better your training and communicate with the horse more clearly. But like the mental aspect is kind of similar, but the actual training and how you go about that is a lot different because you're not using negative reinforcement most of the time. You're rarely, if ever, using positive punishment. And really it's focusing on setting the horse up for success, really breaking things down and reinforcing every little step of the way to get to the end behavior. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, I mean, you can use those very small steps with really any training method, like negative reinforcement or positive reinforcement but it is commonly used in positive reinforcement, I think more so. Yeah, I think so too. And I think if you are going to use negative reinforcement, you should take some of the principles positive reinforcement trainers use because it can be done well and more ethically, but I feel like what's out there right now for the public to see isn't really that type of training. Yeah, and I think maybe we talked about this the other day or maybe it was someone else, but just how like I feel like I didn't even understand what I was doing when I was using negative reinforcement. Like I didn't know that there was like this learning theory called negative reinforcement. And the reason why the horse is behaving the way they are is because of how I'm using that to reinforce them. I was just like, oh, I'm pulling on the rein because I'm pulling the horse's head to turn or whatever. And I didn't like really know that there even was that actual theory behind there. And I think also I just kind of thought that a lot of what I'm doing is like literally pulling, like I'm literally pulling the horse's head or I'm using the lead rope to like literally pull the horse to follow me. And that's not like what negative reinforcement is even supposed to be. It's just supposed to be an extremely light pressure where the horse understands that that pressure means a certain thing. And so I think understanding that like there's learning theory behind all training methods and not just positive reinforcement will really help people be a better trainer. Yeah, I think so too. And not just assuming that it works because it does. Because I feel like if you ask most instructors, yeah. <laughs> you ask most instructors why something works, they're just going to say that's just how it is. Like I've never met someone that actually was able to deeply explain how it works. And that's not really their fault. I think that's how they were brought up with horses too. But there needs to be more education within the training community of horses, not just positive reinforcement, but all across the board. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that would really improve horse welfare, possibly more than anything else, even more than like, you know, everyone doing positive reinforcement. If everyone just had the knowledge of what they're trying to do and the knowledge of their training method, and also hopefully the knowledge of like basic needs of the horse and, you know, basic health issues that the horse can have and how to interpret basic body language. If everyone just kind of like learned a little bit more, I feel like the horse world would be so much better. And that really should be the goal, just to make your horse's life better. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Click, Treat, Repeat. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at Click, Treat, Repeat Pod. You can find Jen at Genuine Equine and myself at Bonafide.bt. We upload new episodes every Monday and hope to see you then. Happy training!